1: As you know, this Saturday night, All Elite Wrestling will broadcast the second edition of Full Gear from Daly's Place Amphitheater in Jacksonville, Florida. In this final pay per view of the year, we have four championship titles on the line. Obviously, some very, you know, wildly entertaining matchups uh, on deck and some developing storylines as well. So, with us today to discuss Full Gear and the current state of AEW is Executive Vice President Cody. So without further ado, let's turn the call over to Cody for some opening thoughts,
2: and then we'll open the lines for your questions. Cody. Thank you, Jim. Uh, It's been an honor for us to continue working and helping to provide a bright spot for fans in these difficult times. I'm looking forward to Saturday's full gear and my match against Darby Allen for the TNT Championship title, the ACE title. The rest of full gear will be nothing short of spectacular. With its four championship titles on the line in other world-class matches, it will be a night to remember. Looking forward to talking with you guys. I set out of All Out. I'm back. This is my pay-per-view return. This is officially a Cody pay-per-view. Let's get this media briefing started. Hit me with your questions, please.
1: Fantastic. Okay, thanks, Cody. So what we're going to do is I'm going I'm to uh, announce who's up first and then who's going to follow. So uh William Pritchard from WrestleZone, you're up, and Louis Dan Gore from WrestleTalk, please be ready after William. William, you're up. William, you need to unmute your line. Hey Cody, how
2: are you doing? Good, William, how are you? What led to um Your thoughts on using it on TV again, just because I know in the past you've said you kind of got used to using just Cody as a mononym and, you know, found an appreciation for it. So your thoughts on being Cody Rhodes on AEW TV now? Certainly. Uh, I, I always do. um, When I get the opportunity with the live crowd uh, to send them home with some note. I always assume it's confidential, which is the silliest thing ever when you're talking to a live crowd with cameras everywhere. Um, I'm very happy about being Cody Rhodes again. Uh, the details of it all are, aren't important other than it was a very positive, uh, no hard feelings on either side uh, type scenario. I will uh, say, though, it's not something i probably will use in the wrestling space um i've gotten very used to the american nightmare cody i like how justin roberts says it um i just like it i've liked it for some time where i'm most excited about cody Rhodes being available again is when it comes to third party ventures and and things like go big show that i just took part in the show i was part of that's coming to tbs and uh, other projects like that only because in our wrestling bubble that we're all in, we're all a family and a part of all of us. Uh, everyone kind of knows the saga of Cody Rhodes. When you dip your toes into different waters and other worlds, they may not understand and they don't need that pre-existing equity or baggage. So it'll be nice to finally tell them what they can credit on the screen and where the SAG credits can go uh, and things of that nature. It was a very special day. I'm happy uh it worked out and I'm very thankful for everybody who was involved.
1: Thank you, Cody. Okay, Louis Dan Gore, you're up next, followed by Steph Rancom from Steel Chair Wrestling. Louis, floor is yours. Louie, make sure you unmute yourself, please. <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Perfect. Sorry about that. Hi, Cody. How are you?
2: I'm doing very well.
1: Perfect. So a uh, question I wanted to ask you, we've heard obviously on the buy-in, it's now going to be Alison, um, obviously for me, Sienna, uh, Alison K versus uh, Serena Deeb. So from what you obviously can tell us, how did that deal come to be? How How is uh, Alison K obviously in the position to be wrestling with you guys?
2: And is this sort of a, a one-off, or are we going to be seeing her more and more on Dynamite and on Dark over over the coming weeks and months? Sure. One thing that's really special about AEW is, uh, and we say it, and it sounds like a shill, but it's not a shill. We're open for business. Our bridges are down, and our doors are open. Uh, what came up with Allison and, and Serena, uh, who I can't say enough nice things about either of them, but particularly Serena. Uh, what a strong presence uh, he was on not last night's Dynamite, but the week prior. Just really talk about stepping up to the plate. And I've known Serena since I was 20 years old. Uh, she's a very, very special wrestler. But in terms of that match, uh, having a, another uh, women's match on the card, I, I think Tony Khan was the one who had the foresight to connect with Billy. He's always connecting with Billy when it comes to the the NWA presence, um, which is a, a lingering thing, and it's a good lingering thing. They have a good relationship, and like I said, the doors are open and the bridges are down uh, for different companies and people from from different worlds to cross over, and that that is what you're seeing with AW Full Gear uh, having the NWA Women's Champion on the show and and having someone like. Allison, who has a great deal of buzz and who's captured the imagination of the audience, especially just recently, uh, a great veteran, uh, revered and respected in the wrestling world. I think it'll be a hell of a match.
1: Thank you, Cody. <clears throat> Thanks, Louis. Uh, Stephanie Francombe from Chair Wrestling, you're next. And Connor Casey from Comic Book will follow. So, Seth, you ready? Yes I am.
0: Hi, Cody. How are you?
2: Good. Nice to hear your voice again.
0: Oh, thank you. Uh it's always a pleasure to to hear your voice too. Um, I wanted to talk to you about Eddie Kingston. Uh when we did mm-hmm. the last call, mm-hmm. uh Tony Khan explained to us you had a list of wrestlers that you were interested in working with. People like Ricky Starks or Eddie Kingston were a part of. And I wanted to ask you, because in a matter of a very few months, Eddie Kingston has become one of the other things in AEW. He is the number one contender uh, for the AEW world title. So what are your thoughts about uh, Eddie's being on AEW and... uh, The way he he catapulted himself to the top. Thank you.
2: One thing that comes from the education I've had since I was a little boy, I've I've been in wrestling. I've seen it, talked about it every day. I could utter my first words. That education is very valuable when it comes to talent recruitment. And I take talent recruitment very seriously, particularly if you're wrestling me. And if I put my name on you, uh, I expect that project to be an incredibly successful project. Uh, Ricky Starks uh, was somebody who was out there lingering and the voices of wrestling casts uh, were just, just telling me every five minutes about how wonderful he was. And I already knew he was particularly wonderful. I'd seen his, vignette his self-produced vignette he did for the nwa uh, very special type of individual eddie kingston somebody who made waves also with the wonderful social media muscle he has both guys i had the utmost confidence in their ability to deliver and i was i'm super happy that i'm the one who recruited them but it's it's just me who opened the door they both are the ones who have run with the ball. If somebody handed it to him, it doesn't matter at this point anymore because they've scored over and over again. Last night, Eddie Kingston and John Moxley uh, had a piece of television that has really been a lightning rod this morning and this, uh, this early afternoon about, you know, just the discussion of promos and interviews and what Eddie is able to do in terms of the most important thing in a promo or an interview is that you touch the audience at home is that you touch the audience and their seats, you you have to connect with them. Suspension of disbelief is not what sells tickets in wrestling. The personal experience, the connection, a personality connecting to another personality. If you're watching AEW, you have your people who you want to win. You have your people who you don't want to lose. You have your people who you like to root against. Eddie has that ability to connect to an audience, and he has it with his wrestling ability in the ring and he has it with his ability on the microphone that's what a wrestler is that's what a total package uh really is i'm so proud of eddie which is a strange thing to say about such a hard dude uh, i'm sure he wouldn't want me saying that about him i'm pretty sure he's more of a veteran than me but i'm happy i was able to open that door it's up to him to, to finish the work when it comes to full gear and then he'll find out which he probably already knows the work never ends. So I'm very happy for Eddie Kingston. I know Eddie Kingston fans around the world are excited to see this 18-year saga, where it's landed in, in the main events uh, of the biggest pay-per-view and the biggest card I can imagine in years. If you just look at this card top to bottom, just look at the elite matches alone. My gosh. And Eddie to be at the top of the bill uh, with pretty platinum with the world championship. Gosh, it's got to be a big moment for him. And uh, I'm confident he's going to execute.
1: Thanks, Cody. <clears throat> okay, next up we've got Connor Casey from Comic Book and then on the on-deck circle, John Alba from Spectrum Sports. Connor,
2: you're up. Hey, Cody. Thanks for taking the time today. Appreciate it. Um, Hello. Wanted, wanted to uh, ask you about um, when AEW first launched, you talk often in interviews about how it was going to be a sports-centric product. Um, I'm curious, has that approach changed at all over this past year with more things like promos getting added in and the MJF Chris Jericho dinner debonair segment we saw a few weeks back? I look back at what I said and, and sometimes I, I, I chuckle a bit because I hit things so hard before the first AEW show because we, no matter what we were aiming for and no matter what we envisioned, you don't know until you know. You don't know until the lights are on and the red the red light is, is blinking and, and you're off and beaming across television sets to the world. When I speak of sports-centric wrestling, I speak of the wrestling that I grew up on, Jim Crockett Promotions, World Championship Wrestling, uh, WCCW. I mean, everything that was available to me in the South and just that, that library that still currently exists. I also speak of the current Uh, MMA scene with what UFC is doing, the current boxing scene in terms of unscripted promos and drama that is existing based on who the people really are, or who the people want you at home to think they are. So when it comes to sports-centric wrestling, I consider everything I do, me personally, to be sports-centric. I honor my own identity by presenting myself as such, because that is who I am. You talk about Dinner Debonair. That is who Chris Jericho is. There there are different flavors of ice creams that we serve at AEW. And it is very funny to me, some of the modern, I, I don't know if pundits is the term, the wrestling journalism that tells you it has to all be one way. Um, that hasn't worked for anyone you've told that it has to all be one way. So why tell us such? It's very much different flavors. Chris represents his brand incredibly well. The meta style that the Young Bucks have is very well. The strong style approach that Kenny is bringing back into his singles uh, repertoire, very much uh, himself. Honestly, so many different flavors. But I can always stand by what I said then and, and, and very much still be able to say it now because what I do as a wrestler, what Cody Rhodes does when he's on screen will always be sports centric because that's the type of wrestling I love. And that's the type of stories that I personally like to tell.
1: Thanks Connor. Okay. Next up, we've got John Alba from Spectrum Sports and following John will be Christian Ashley from Bell to Bells.
2: Cody, really great to chat with you. I hope you're holding up all right in these crazy times. Um, I want to ask you about this. Tony recently said in an interview with PW Insider that uh, you guys are bringing in extra personnel on the medical side after there's been a few incidents over the past couple months, the Matt Hardy situation at the last pay-per-view, the Alex Reynolds situation that drew some fan feedback as well. You as a performer and executive, how much merit do you put on those comments from other journalists, from the fans that are watching that are concerned about the well-being of the talent? And and how much do you take that into consideration with the uh, protocols that you guys go about inputting? Well, the main thing we have to take into consideration is the actual, what is really happening, not what we're presenting on TV. That could be a little bit of the gray area where I think he or she is hurt, but perhaps they are not We have to take into account what is really happening. Did such and such uh, take a shot to the chin? Are they out on their feet? And medical protocol uh, is evolving with with the company. Uh, Full disclosure, after this call, uh, there's a full talent, all personnel meeting with Chris Nowinski about concussion protocol. So we have to take into account what is really happening and the medical protocols are evolving with the company we talent safety talent health and safety your ability to do this and then go home to your 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 wife or your husband and your children and your ability to continue doing this is is paramount it absolutely so so significant so you have to be able to i guess plow through the background noise and the armchair quarterbacking of it all, and take a look at what the situation really is. We have a wonderful team medical here that is led by Doc Sampson. We have Bryce there leading the charge with the training. Uh, our our training room protocols are, are lovely. And, and we're even doing onsite rehab. There's a lot of wonderful things we're doing and we are evolving as a company. We are learning and that's learning from the things we do right and the things we don't do right. But again, Talent safety, it's its paramount. It's paramount to me personally, just as a performer, but also paramount in this role as an executive. Wrestling is violent. And I think some fans have forgot just how violent it can be, but it should never be so violent that you're injured. Uh, I even said in an interview not too long ago, you'll always be hurt, but you should never be injured, talking about wrestling. And I want to make sure that our boys and girls are always healthy and always happy and that their families trust us when they, when they give us their bodies like they do. So short answer, concussion protocols, medical protocols are evolving daily with an effort of, of, of only bettering them. We do ourselves no service by running a sloppy shop or not having those protocols. We need those protocols and we do have them.
1: Okay, Kristen Ashley from Bell to Bells, you're next, and then I'm going to go to a write-in
2: question. Kristen, you're
1: up. Hi, thank you. How how are you, Cody? I'm
2: good. How are you?
1: Really good, thanks. Um, So there's been some disappointment, a little disappointment from fans regarding the lack of storyline build for uh, Sheeta versus Nyla. Can you comment at all on storyline decisions for this match?
2: Of course. Uh, I, I personally am not disappointed because my outlook on, on wrestling is there's a wrestling ring and we have wrestlers and we have rankings and there will be matches. I do understand that for the last 20 years, fans have been conditioned to think that every match is going to start with a invisible camera and a piece of cake and catering and Someone takes that last piece of cake and now there's drama. Now there is a quote storyline. In our case, sports centric. We're right back to it. I meant it when I said it. I hope folks aren't disappointed when they get this actual wonderful match between two incredible female performers. Sheeta, there is no one better, no one better than Sheeta. And I'm talking about our women's division, our men's division, but I am aware that for 20 years they've been conditioned to every match needs to have a war and peace story connected to it. That will not be the case with AEW. We have wrestling matches because we're a wrestling show. It's in the title. And I hope if there was any disappointment in the build, there will be no disappointment in the execution.
1: Thanks, Kristen and Cody. I've got a a writing question um, delivered to us by and from Kyle Masters from All Elite Podcast. Cody, we have seen you and Darby go at it before in an AEW in an in on the AEW ring and put on a great match. Is there anything different this time around in preparation, maybe that you're doing a little bit different to get ready for Darby?
2: I had a conversation with Jim Ross yesterday about Darby. Who is Darby going to be in the future for for AEW? Where does he play, and how it's a tough draw for him to be in there with me when I'm still on the climb up on this roller coaster this run i've gone on is genuinely unexpected and i can't apologize for my own hard work i'm very excited about it it's what i've dreamed of my whole life Uh, but this is a very different darby this is darby who now has experience uh with john moxley uh this is a darby who is who's not bewildered by the big lights of this anymore darby is one of the most dedicated wrestlers at aew Uh, He doesn't party. He doesn't politic. He consistently thinks of his own brand and how his brand can lean in to the AEW brand. He is a loner, but I don't think he realizes he's also a leader because of how he leads by example. When this match was brought up to me, it's already a vastly different match because I'm dealing with a different Darby, and you're dealing with a different me. I gained 14 real pounds during my hiatus, and I'm continuing the bolting cycle through full gear all the way to Revolution. So Darby's now in there with a full-fledged heavyweight, and Darby, the longer this goes, the more in this in his favor this match will will be because he's got the the, the lighter you know the lighter body weight, the the lighter body fat composition. But I think. Your your hot dog is not going to get cold for this match. Darby has not been able to beat me on three occasions. I don't think this will be any different. I don't mean to undersell my own match. I, I, I'm not looking past Darby, but I think there were other challengers that could have stepped up. And if Darby is the one, uh, if he's not going to bend the knee again, then I'll stand corrected on that. I'm very proud of Darby. I said on the air last night, I solely recruited him when no one else wanted him. Uh, so I'm glad to have him in this match. I'm not looking past him at all.
1: Thanks, Cody. Okay, uh, Jim Barcelone from the Miami Herald, you're next. Sorry to surprise you there. I uh, forgot to call on you a little bit earlier. So, Jim, you're next, and then following Jim will be Amy Nemedy from WrestleJoy. Jim? Thank you. Can you all hear me okay? We can. Oh, great. Thank you, Cody. I'm glad you mentioned Darby. Just what an incredible story for him and to see a young talent like that. And that leads me to AEW Dark, which I really enjoy. You get an opportunity for good talent, maybe not as well known like Alex Chamberlain, Red Velvet, Kylan King, b 3 and others to work with established
2: talent. And I'm just curious whose idea for AEW Dark and what is the goal of AEW Dark? So this is where I can take a little credit, but then I have to instantly give credit out, which I'm quite all right with. A.W. Dark, the title, uh, the title was mine. I wanted to theme it after the Universal Dark monster movies that never happened in terms of its iconography and all of that. The concept was all parties, the EVPs and Tony Khan, of course, but where it's at now with So many independent wrestlers who are out of work due to covid and due to the pandemic coming in and so many matches dark is is a staggering number of great matches every week that credit is solely uh, gone to tony khan and his love for the wrestling economy bringing in some of the people like you named and we're finding amongst that crop of talent in a much more conducive environment than a straight squash or straight enhancement where these competitive matches exist We're finding some potential real real diamonds. You mentioned Red Velvet. I think Red Velvet is somebody that's going to be a big part of the women's division. I, I, I genuinely do. And I didn't think that her first outing, it's been the second and the third outing, the continued application of what our coaches are giving them. Dark is another really wonderful space for our coaches and talent to go out there with super long leashes and have a lot of fun. We have Jerry Lynn, Dean Malenko, Dustin Rhodes, BJ Whitmer, Christopher Daniels, QT Marshall. We have these coaches from all walks of life uh, and all different styles and be able to be out there and not be hamstrung uh, by dynamite itself or those time parameters, perhaps it's really created a wonderful thing. Dark is, if I was not on dynamite, I would want to be the king of dark. Uh, Not unlike Ricky Starks is doing at this moment. He's very smart. I would want to be on commentary. I would want to be doing promos. I would be wanting to do competitive matches, enhancement matches. Dark's very special. And right now, Dark does not exist without Tony Khan and QT Marshall because they stay up all night. Me, little old me, I need to get my beauty rest. I have to sleep because I'm still wrestling. But Tony Khan and QT Marshall stay up all night coming up with the best Darks for the best people and it's really been something that has has assisted and supplemented Dynamite, which it was intended to do, helping us find, recruit, and develop new talent.
1: Thanks, Jim and Cody. Um, so up next, we've got Amy Nevedy from Russell Joy, and behind Amy, I'd like to ask Sean Leolis from CBR to be ready. Amy. Hi, Cody. Thank you for your time. Um, I have a question. In a very short time, you've gone from debuting a new title to making the TNT Championship one of the most highly sought after titles in the world. How does it feel building and cementing your legacy with TNT and who do you feel can best carry that torch forward?
2: Well, that's a great question. And we really have to deliver with a question like that. We really have to deliver on Saturday in terms of the TNT title because, again, it goes back to the piece of cake example. Um, 20 years, people have been preconditioned that other single titles somehow are less than another title. We don't have any positioning of our titles other than what the fans dictate. Now, we can do our best to present you John Moxley as the world champion and the best wrestler in the world PWI's number one which I was genuinely super pissed about I thought this year was my year I don't want to get on a tangent but I had this big plan to do a centerfold deal where it reveals and they do pirate I was I was ready and PWI keeps that list so close to the chest but if you ever meet a wrestler who tells you they don't care about the PWI 500 you haven't met a successful wrestler believe me we all care. I'm gunning for number one. I didn't get it this year. That random weird tangent aside, I I love my favorite moment of the night is when I walk from my office to the go position and I have the title on because it is such a beautiful physical belt. It is such a beautiful physical belt and nothing feels more like wrestling than having that around my waist. It just is, it's perfect. And I think there's a number of of people, if I wasn't carrying the TNT title, a number of people who could carry that title because it really is at this moment the belt. It is the belt. It is the ace championship as Jim Ross has dubbed it. I could see someone, if it wasn't me, someone like Pac, someone like Darby Allen, of course, someone like Scorpio Sky, Hangman Adam Page, John Moxley himself. Uh, I mean, there's no single division better than what AEW has, hands down in terms of the bell to bell. Uh, that title, if it leaves my hands and inevitably wins the matches, you lose the matches. It will leave my hands at some point. When it does, I'm sure the person that's carrying it will carry it with the same amount of equity it was born with. It is a title that really, really matters. And all you need to do is just, just vanity search it and you'll see the discussion. When there's discussion, that's a success. And it is the most widely discussed belt in all of sports. And I'm so proud, so proud to be the one carrying it.
1: Thanks, Amy. Um, okay, Sean, Sean Leovitz from CBR, you're up next. And you will be followed by Stephanie Chase from Digital Spy. Sean? Hey, Cody. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. Um I've been watching wrestling for well over thirty years, and I've noticed one thing AEW's doing is bringing back a lot of what I I love from the past, mainly with the managers, as well as the, the the massive amount of factions you guys have in AEW. Could you talk a little bit about bringing back these these tropes from the past that have kind of got phased out in the last decade of wrestling?
2: Well, I think it's about bringing in people at a different phase in their career, perhaps. If you look at Vader in the early 90s when they paired Harley Race with him, when Dusty put him and Harley together, it was a match made in heaven, made for great, entertaining matches, staying with Ric Flair. And when we look at how we present our legends and our luminaries, we present them as they are. We're not trying to tell you they're in their prime. We're telling you they're the experienced elder statesmen and stateswomen of of our world. They're passing on the knowledge. Arn's a great example. Arn is not an on-screen manager. He is genuinely a coach. And he has been for me since 2007. Nobody was harder and meaner to me when I first started and debuted as a television wrestler than Arn Anderson. And that was what I needed. Some people respond to positive reinforcement. Some respond to negative. I needed that. I'm stepping into such a role in terms of being the son of the American dream, my gosh, that's an impossible hill to climb. Arn knew that and knew what I would need to do it. And look at how long it has taken. That's why it's so important that he's with me. And that's why it's so real. There ain't nothing fake about Arn Anderson as the coach. You can make fun of that play card. Maybe that's a little silly. But if you look at the actual card, there's real moves on there. Uh, In terms of the factions, not to get too far away from your, your question, factions, stables, groups, I look at what I'm doing with the Nightmare family more as a team. Uh, it's to spread the real estate out. It's more of a like-minded team of people who like to do the work, a little bit of the goody two-shoes types, you know, all, all American good guy types. Uh, and I like to have a young upstart, someone like Lee Johnson, who now will have Arn Anderson, uh, at, at his, you know, side to, to get that knowledge. I like that for what you see on screen and behind this, uh, behind the scenes. Then you have the inner circle, a very traditional, traditional stable in terms of just how powerful and how how much talent sits in one group and how much utility sits in one group. Look at what just Jake, Jake Hager just did in undefeated in terms of showing up to TV with both his eyes swollen shut, but still undefeated as an MMA fighter. And I like a lot what New Japan has done with its factions. If you're in a locker room in New Japan, chances are you're in some sort of faction, but it's more of a team. It's more of a camaraderie and a brotherhood. And I think to perhaps answer your question best, the reason why it feels so traditional and feels so old school and likens back to those older days of wrestling is because it's very real. It's very real. I'll never look at anyone and tell them wrestling is fake. Never. It's because I know just how real what I do is. And when you put real on TV, it translates. It becomes real good entertainment. And those factions are genuine brotherhoods and camaraderies and sisterhoods. And and that's what makes the difference, really living and dying on each other's success. I'm very picky with who I put in my own group uh, because I want them to represent themselves and me in the best possible way. But I'm glad to hear you're you're enjoying how we are presenting things at the moment. And one thing that's very special to me, having had a wrestler as a father, I, I didn't always like how he was treated when he was older and he was brought in as a novelty. It would actually make me sick sometimes. That's why when we bring in our legends, we bring them in as legends. We expect nothing of them other than to be legendary and to respect them as such. And Tony Khan, being a student of this game who literally can pull out any fact, any match, just an absolute lover of this industry, really is good at leading by example and showing how we should should showcase these luminaries.
1: Thanks, Sean. Thanks, Cody. Um, up next, I've got Stephanie Chase. Then I'm going to have a write-in question for you, Cody. And then after my write-in, Mike Johnson from Pro Wrestler Insiders. So, Mike, you're probably five minutes away or so. I just wanted you to be ready. So, Stephanie? Hi, Cody. Hello. Hey, great to get to talk to you. Uh, I'm from the UK and we clearly love AW here from the stats that you shared a few weeks ago about Dynamite's success. Uh, So given this success, have you had any talks with ITV about further increasing your presence over here? And I know you had a UK show planned for this year. And last night it seemed Jericho was really bigging up the UK in commentary. So even though things are so uncertain, have you made any plans for either coming here in 2021 or looking at ways to increase AW's overall presence here next
2: year. Well, the goal of the goal of AW, from an executive standpoint, from where I sit, is always to expand. Uh, that's to capture international audience, casual fans, laps fans, and just recently, the data she's she's referring to, uh, wonderful person here, and I'll, I'll shout him out, uh, Chris Harrington, put together an intense spreadsheet. And he color coded it for the ones of us who didn't go to college, i.e. me, uh, an intense spreadsheet on how well we were doing and how pointed the data was in terms of families and homes, in terms of uh, 18 to 49, the actual youth of of the United Kingdom and how plugged in they were. That type of success hopefully will beget more success and more penetration slash presence when it comes to our great TV partner that is ITV, so those discussions, to be frank, have happened, and the discussion of us doing a show in the UK, that's a no-brainer. I know I'm not supposed to break any news, and I'll ultimately Tony Khan is steering this ship, but I can tell you flat out, we will win the when the gates open, when the world is open again, we will absolutely. Uh, be in the UK. And I don't think for just one show, there's too many markets and you haven't wrestled. You're not a wrestler, in my opinion, until you've wrestled in front of a UK crowd. There's nothing like it. They go a different way and uh, they they go a very special way. So I'm really proud of that data. I'm proud to be partners with ITV. It was wonderful to see Pac back on the show last night to have Anthony go-go in terms of Uh, His commentary, learning from Taz and Excalibur at the desk. Uh, So our UK presence hopefully will have a great 2021. We're definitely geared and heading that way. And I I can't wait to see what else we do on ITV.
1: Thanks, Stephanie. Okay, I've got a a write-in question here, Cody, from you, from uh, Andrea Hanks from Sports Keto. Cody, what are your thoughts about the Young Bucks taking a page out of your playbook, so to speak, and saying they won't challenge for the AW Tag Team Championship if they lose to FTR on Saturday Night Full Gear?
2: Well, we're we're on our second annual Full Gear, and it was Full Gear last year where I had this stipulation made, and it isn't my fault. I don't mean to make excuses, and that sounded so terrible. It's definitely... Uh, MJF's fault for throwing in the towel. But nonetheless, I can never challenge for the world championship again. I'm not going to challenge for it under a different name. I'm not going to be the midnight rider. We're not doing any of that stuff. I gave you my word. I do not want fans to think nepotism is involved. I do not want fans to try and put an asterisk on my career uh, because I'm in any sort of management. I gave you my word as fans. I gave you my word as people who cover the industry. I will never challenge for the world championship. With that said. That was specific circumstances to me because I had grown up and I had seen how the wrestling smarties, and not the best way to put it, I had seen how they came after my dad. And it wasn't until the last few years of his life, and uh, certainly in death, people realized Dusty was the most over guy on the show. That's why he was wrestling Ric Flair, other than Rick at times. That's what it was. They sold tickets. And that personal experience and that that genuine angst, that apology for something that never truly happened as a son, carrying that forward is difficult. And it's really hard to wrap your head around. But that's where the stipulation came from. I wanted to do my best to avoid that in my life. I wanted to do, do my best, whether it was true or not. So with that in mind, I don't fully understand the Bucks wanting to do that in terms of I wouldn't have recommended it. Matt and Nick Jackson are one of the best tag teams in the world, if not the best tag team in the world. And Nick Jackson's an outstanding singles wrestler in his own, which more and more people have discovered. and No doubt Matt is as well. I think doing this is a bad idea. And I told them that in the conversation we had. I think doing this is a bad idea. Look at me. I can never challenge for the world championship again. On this call alone, I've talked about the fact that the where the belts mean and what the belt, belts mean but just optic standpoint people think the world championship is the biggest championship in the world it's called the world championship so why wouldn't you want to be the world champion and I just think it was a bad idea on Mad next part um maybe they did not learn from my experience but that's wrestling for you that's a wrestler we're bullheaded and we are how we are I wish them the absolute best of luck uh I I always will have a bond to a group that's really no more in terms of the elite. It'll always be a bond between us. We jumped off into this journey together. So I always want them to succeed. I know how important their families are, and I know how much their families would want them to succeed. But in again, in short, I think this stipulation is a bad idea and one that can really uh, come back to bite you in the ass thanks cody okay mike
1: johnson from pro wrestler insider you're up next followed by cassidy haynes from body slam mike hey cody how are you sir
0: good how are you
2: i'm good so you, you mentioned uh the legacy of your dad and how he was seen behind the scenes by fans and obviously a big part of your aew run is what you do behind the scenes and there are some some of the company who will refer to you as tony khan's right-hand man to me i'm curious as you've gotten deeper into the the longevity of the company
0: how has
2: how you approach your matches and how you approach your day-to-day changed given you carry so many hats and now we're even in representing aew and outside entities like the tbs variety show like how do you kind of maintain your drive and how do you maintain the balance of everything when every day is so different and there's so many different plates to, to, to sort of spin at the same time? Well, I think the secret for me at the moment, and it seems to be working is every day. Uh, I don't take it for granted in terms of how successful we are at the moment and how successful we are as in terms of expanding our audience. I, had the great education of living through what happened with WCW. I was there every Thursday when the ratings were faxed in to our home address in Marietta, Georgia. And my dad talked to me about why Nitro did this and this and that. He was a consultant at the time and an announcer. That type of experience has led me to always be guarded, pessimistic, and very grateful. So I only want to continue to grow. There are people... My full ambitions in terms of wrestling, how far I want to go. If I was to say to them on this call, I think people would, I think their minds would be blown. I have no intention of stopping this climb. I want everything. The world is not enough, but I'll tell you, I want it fairly. I want it on my, uh, on my merit. And when it comes to the different hats and this wonderful place that is all elite wrestling, uh, I just every day, and thankful for the opportunity that I get to do it. And I get an incredible high. There is absolute euphoria when you have a great segment yourself and you know you nailed it. The same feeling comes when you assist someone else, when you produce something else, when you write something for somebody else, when you give them a little thing and the next thing you know, it's turned into a, a whole story. That experience, I know that I like this job because I like that. I like that when I get to my office, even though Tony is the end-all be-all in terms of making decisions. I like when I get to my office at one o'clock on Wednesday, the door starts knocking then and it doesn't stop knocking until about showtime. I love that. I want every one of these people that we recruited and hired, these boys and girls, I I, I want them to get something from this and I want to be a good leader and I want to lead by example. Um, So for me, it's really a matter of staying grateful and being aware that More than anything, I got a little long-winded here, but being aware, this could end at any minute. It's happened before, but I want us to be around for years and years to come. The data reflects that we will be, but we can't take that for granted. We have to build new stars, and it is my job to build new stars. And Take a look. Take a look at year one. Ricky Starks, MJF, Britt Baker, Sammy Guevara. We have a top, we have a middle, and we have a bottom. No other wrestling company can truly say that. Most have a top, then there's 50 miles down, then there's a bottom. We're able to move guys up from the middle, to move girls down from the middle, to move them up. That is a good sign for what we've done in year one. Now I look at year two and look at who's going to be the next. Is it going to be Anna Jay? Is it going to be Red Velvet? Who's going to be the next? Will Hobbs going to be the next single star? Um, Staying staying humble and staying grateful, I think will always put us in the position where we're trying to continue to expand and grow. Thanks, Mike. (laughs)
1: Um, So we were going to call on Cassidy Haynes. I understand that uh, uh, pinch hitting for Cassidy is Jonathan McMahon, uh, who's the managing editor for BodySlam. So Jonathan will be right with you. I want to give a heads up, though, to Timothy Battle from Radio. Who will follow Jonathan? Okay, so
2: Jonathan,
0: you're up. Good afternoon. Hey,
2: how are you? Can you hear me?
0: Yeah, I am. I can hear you very much. Um, I actually do have a question. I know that uh, you guys have had discussions with uh,
2: PNP and Warner about having a second show brought on to their
0: network, Um, and obviously the pandemic can easily put you know put a cramp in the the timetable for production of those um do you have any update on that do you have any update on as to maybe whether or not Dark will become that second show on television or will it continue to be a a, a web-only show
2: so in in terms of the the third hour and i say third hour i don't mean a third hour on dynamite i mean part of the new contract with TNT moving forward is that we will have another presence on their networks, AEW, um, that we, we don't have any news we can share at this time. Doesn't mean we don't have any news, really good news, but we don't have any that we can share. I can say that that it will not be dark. Dark is its own beautiful baby that exists uh, on our wonderful YouTube channel. And it, it's a lot of, a lot of different elements because it's on YouTube uh, but the third hour will, will not be dark. It will be a different uh, a different take, a different look in terms of – but still the great action. Like I said, there's a ring. There's a locker room full of wrestlers. It's a wrestling show. Uh, but we don't have any news at the moment. It doesn't mean we don't have news. And I, I can't wait to share more with you when we, we have a little more clarity on it.
1: Thanks, hey, Jonathan. <clears throat> okay. Timothy Battle, you're up next. And then – for our custom, I'll spin the wheel for a final question. So that will be a surprise. So, right now, Timothy, you're up. Hey, Cody, how you doing today?
2: I'm very good. How are you?
1: I'm doing good. So, I, I have a question. So, you mentioned that there's earlier in the call that there's an open bridge to work with others, and you talk about Tony and Billy having a good relationship. Is there any chance to get like a super show? uh of some sort like maybe like a champion versus champion or multiple promotions and more importantly a lot of people kind of want to know could we ever get cody nick aldis three
2: uh wow i feel like i'm gonna ruin your wonderful exuberance with your question uh the doors are open the bridges are down one thing i'm pretty sure we will never do and i'm saying pretty sure I don't think we'll ever do a cross promoted show where we're running two different banners. We're very proud of our own identity. It um, doesn't mean we won't cross over. or It doesn't mean others won't cross over. I will say the more that Billy and Tony talk and the more you see that NWA presence, I've often brought it up. Well, the, the lingering question is going to be when, uh, how, where, if we were to do a Nick Aldis and a, and a Cody three, If anyone knows anything about how the second match went down and if anybody knows anything about the general nature and atmosphere of that, it's probably best. We just leave it at two. We had a great experience. One of my favorite memories in my entire life is the opening 30 seconds to a minute of all in and feeling that moment and sharing that with Nick, nothing but respect and love for Nick. I would bet you though, Nah, it would be very difficult for that third match uh to happen. The, the parties involved are very particular about the other parties involved, that being the entities, the novelties, the commodities, I suppose, that being Nick and myself. It's not impossible. We did it once before, and it was a beautiful, beautiful piece of business. Um, I'm glad they were able to take that moment from all in and parlay it into more success for themselves. Um, that's the beauty of wrestling we're all lifting one another up or at least that's the point Uh, but I don't know if you'll ever see that third match if it happens I will uh I would be quite blown away uh if it it happens but never say never
1: okay last but not least uh we landed on a write-in question so it comes to us from Jude Terror of uh, Bleeding Cool. Whose idea was it to use Cinderella for the video package for Kenny Omega and Hangman Page last night? And could, could we see more 80s hair hair metal ballads or other licensed music used in the future? And how important is the music to AEW's presentation and to wrestling
2: in 2020? Well, that's a great question. I I fairly certain that Tony and Kenny are the ones who wanted to use Cinderella uh, and get everyone in the backstage area and out in the seats singing and being blown away. But it actually, the second part of the question is what interests me the most licensed music. We have a wonderful in-house musician and band with Mikey Ruckus. We do. And Mikey, not unlike AW is open. Bridges are down. Doors are open to that crossover with some licensed music some of the best BTR vignette packages and great songs were licensed songs you absolutely will see more of that um, in AEW and it, it is not my money to spend but when it's spent on music that connects with people just like a promo can connect with people it's typically money well spent I think you will see more licensed music it becomes an interesting bit of legality, which I'm learning how that all works. Um, as I, again, I jokingly always say I didn't go to college. I'm getting a great experience and, uh, education from those who did, but yes, you'll definitely see more licensed music in the future for us because it's a beautiful thing. It connects with people. Um, and there's even some, uh, perhaps on the way now in terms of the marketing of dynamite in year two.
1: All right. <clears throat> Well, Cooney, um, any any parting thoughts before we wrap up?
2: I was really excited to do this call. I, I, I know that Tony did it the last time in terms of heading into All Out. I had set out of All Out, and that was really tough to do. So hard questions or easy questions or long-winded answers or short answers, uh, it's always a huge privilege to do this call uh, and to talk with everybody. Uh, I look forward to hearing some of your voices who have now come to recognize when we do these. I can't wait until revolution, and and hopefully I get the opportunity to do it again as AEW continues on its quest to expand and, and move forward. Thank you all very, very much. Please watch Full Gear. Tell your friends to watch Full Gear. Tell us what you thought of Full Gear. We always consistently are listening.